0: Welcome to Tech at Lunch, the podcast that satisfies your hunger for all things tech while you enjoy your midday meal. So grab your sandwich, tune in, and let's dig in. Hello, I'm Nick. Hello, I'm Ed. And, you know, this week you notice a little bit more of an echo and you don't hear the sound of a 3D printer in the background. Um, we are actually on the road Um we're taking the tech at lunch on the road and what that is you've heard me and me and uh john do it before me and champ we did it when we were at uh we took the podcast on the road we went and did rapid tct 2023 um you saw our last episode last week that said hey we're going to south tech and guess what y'all we're here you know we walked in this morning um you know got all of our stuff met with the uh the wonderful people with me, you know, met up with uh, the Whitney up with Whitney upstairs um, at the convention center, and uh, you know discussed their day, which actually reminds me. But actually, while I'm going on to this, um, because I have another piece of paper I have to grab, I forgot about. Because there was a huge announcement made today that we kind of want to touch on. But what this is is a day one hot wash. Um, what we like to do is with these is kind of talk about, you know, what we saw. Uh, we, you know, kind of got our, got to put our hands on and, you know, kind of see some some interesting things, um, you know, that are uh, what South Tech is. And to give you a background on South Tech, I guess I could, I guess we can try to put this in the best terms possible. Again. It is an advanced manufacturing show. Um, it's a lot of robotics. It's a lot of um, CAD and CAM software, um, computer-aided modeling and computer drafting. And it's a lot of, um, um, I guess you could say, it's a lot of like CNC and not like our usual additive manufacturing. It's a lot of subtractive manufacturing. And then we start getting into the um, uh, wonderful world of flow jets and, um, uh, water jet machines and, and stuff like that. And, you know, for us, it was our first time really dealing with those things, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to, you know, send it over to, 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 uh, Ed, um, cause what are your initial thoughts on, um, you know, like your, when we first got there, we were upstairs, um, you know, talking to Whitney. And we walked out, and we kind of looked over the balcony and you could see the entire show floor. Uh, what was your initial
1: reaction of what is self-deck? Yeah, well, initially, uh, like like I said, I knew that we would uh, be uh, encountering robotics. Uh, um, we knew that we would uh, also be uh, in, in uh, will be present for an announcement for uh, some uh, SME, initiatives that they're working on uh and then uh i have some experience with subtractive, or cnc processes and so forth so i've seen some of these processes now some processes that i've seen they've advanced um because we did see something that was a little bit mind-blowing we'll get into that a little bit later in the podcast but uh initially uh i thought hey this is uh this is the way forward for uh, advanced manufacturing, when we we're talking in um, reference to Industry 4.0, and I would even say Industry 5.0, when we we're talking about augmented mm-hmm. manufacturing. So, you know, it, it, was, it was a really, really good uh, representation of what reality is now in manufacturing, where we're we going forward. That yeah. makes sense.
0: You know, I, I could say that, you know, probably when I went in there, I didn't know what to expect. Um, you know, my, I really, my background doesn't evolve around a lot of, you know, CNC, you know, CAD, okay, CAM, not so much. But it kind of made me realize I need to start digging deeper into, um, you know, some of these um, ideas and ideals. Um, you know, yeah, you know, I, I know kind of about, you know, like tool pathing and stuff like that you know, when it comes down to CNC's and, you know, what you're trying to dealing with with G-code and, and cam modeling, but it, it's kind of the the multifaceted layers of it, the different companies and stuff like that. I, I think really today we have, we found some things out there that kind of, you know, blew our minds and, you know, kind of made it a little bit more interesting. Um, and it's, it's, for example, it's like the, the fact that, you know, we really weren't too, I guess you'd say adjusted to the, we've heard of water jets before, but you know, sitting down and really talking to um, the guys from, from Flow, we spent a lot of time with those guys and got to learn a lot about what is water jetting, you know, what, and, and stuff like that. You see it all the time, water jet TV, you know, the, the, the YouTube channels and stuff like that, but really getting there you know, up close to one of them, you really knows the size of the darn thing. You know, the the, the size of a water jet is absolutely amazing. But, you know, first impressions when we walked over the rail, kind of looked over, took a picture, you know, and actually, uh, you know, turned around. And we actually posted a YouTube, a quick YouTube short and let everybody know that hey, we were on, on site. Is, you know, that it was kind of what I expected. It was, you know, the, the, the guys are there, the future's there. Um, everybody is, is going to, I guess you could say you know, run with what's going on and they're going to, you know, pretty much, you know, run what they brought, you know, as far as, you know, all of the other, you know, fun stuff. And you can tell that, you know, there's a lot of expensive machinery in the room. It's a lot bigger than when we went to rapid, um, a little noisier uh, than rapid. Um, You know, some conversations in some of the areas was was a little tough because you're near the running machines and stuff like that. But you know what? That's the fun part about manufacturing is, you know, over is is taking that and kind of, you know, going to, you know, next generation of it. But, um, you know, with that, what we're gonna do is we're actually going to, you know, I'm gonna jump into the, the media advisory uh, that we received and the um, announcement that was made by um, SME. by SME and their leadership. If you don't know who SME is, SME is a um, non-profit organization that, ha- that works in the advancement of manufacturing. Um, they are the guys who are behind... The um, uh, East Tech, South Tech, House Tech, those guys, they're, they're, they're trying to accelerate new technology. That's who they are. It's, they, it's a national, commi- uh, na- national nonprofit committed to the advancement of manufacturing technology and the adoption of it into the industry. And I'm going to tell you, if you have a chance to talk to the CEO of SME, he is probably one of the nicest individuals we've ever had a chance to meet. You know, and, and he he is, he's he's he loves his job. He you know he wants to talk to the people who are who are part of the organization who are there to celebrate what the organization is about. But you know without with that, um, you know, and who that is is uh, Robert Bob Wilg. Um He is the executive uh, executive director and CEO of SME. Um, so, but looking at the immediate announcement, um, the media announcement is that they are pushing their initiative of the Manufacturing Imperative. It's a workforce development pipeline, which launched this fall and has estimated an impact of $6 billion. It's a three-year program with a goal to attract 1,000 individuals at each of the initial 25 participating community and technical colleges annually, you guys. The program will result in 75,000 or more qualified workers in the pursuit of manufacturing careers. And one of the schools that we had the opportunity to talking to is Greenville Technical College. And that we will hear from them, hopefully at a later date, um, where we'll have do an interview with those guys as they are part of this pipeline project or pipeline challenge. Okay. I know that you had your initial reaction to this announcement. Because I don't think I made you aware of what that announcement was until we got on site. Um, I had hit my email probably say 24, 48 hours
1: before uh, what was going on. What'd you think? Well, like I said, I mean, for me, I already knew about the shortage. Yeah. I I knew that of the individuals that were in the controls and automation uh, were about to be at the age of retirement and I knew that the interest for uh, today's uh, generation was uh, a lot less uh, as opposed to kids that were you know maybe in uh, high school or vocational centers which one of the travesties that happened in our educational system is we Departed from a vocational system that actually exposed the kids to some of these things So I knew that there's a shortage. They said roughly about 2 million, but I think it's more than that Uh, If you look at uh, most kids uh, uh, Haven't been exposed to the type of concepts we're talking about I think really the big thing to look at is not that we have 75,000 that are proposed. I think the real issue to look at is that we don't have enough people that has been in the industry enough that's actually taking the knowledge that they've gained over the years of experience and actually reputting that back into the pipeline. Uh, or actually, you know, like myself, my passion is to actually take uh, the knowledge that I have and make sure you take and talk to some of the kids that are actually uh, interested in going into these fields. Um, hopefully that'll happen soon with Greenville uh, Technical College. And we can actually uh, actually give them some insight to, hey, these are the things you need to know. Here are the tools you need to equip yourself with if you want to be successful in this field. And this field is very lucrative. I mean, mm-hmm. this is a very um, this is a good opportunity for anybody. You know, I, I would I would uh, do an analogy as not only is it like panning for gold you're panning for gold and you know exactly where to pan for the gold
0: uh, it's a giveaway treat
1: yeah but but for me yeah. I mean the big thing with SME I am you know very grateful that we have an organization that's you know identifying 25 um, community colleges community college or universities or organizations that have the right criteria right that's qualify them, that qualify them to be in a partnership with them. Mm-hmm. Cause this is not a one and done. This is a partnership to allow American manufacturing to have the resources they need to sustain themselves. Right. And that, that that's really what we're talking about. We're we're talking about manufacturing back in America, where we have the resources in place, got people interested, got kids that can fill the pipeline, you know and these individuals will be the people that'll get us to industry Mm 4.0 you know uh, when we're talking about what you're doing with your data and how your data can be the magic eight ball to explain to you or give you the foresight to look ahead that you can see hey here's where i can leverage my company to be successful yeah and then we're going to go to like industry 5.0 when we're talking about automotive augmentation you know hey we're taking it even further so, these are the individuals I see taking uh, manufacturing to the next level. And, you know, we do talk about bringing,
0: you know, manufacturing back here to the U.S. However, and I'll say this, I know some of our listeners are not in the U.S. You're very well aware of that. Um, so, um, the one thing is, is y'all, you know, who are not in the U.S., push for something like this to happen in your own country you know, push for this, you know, we got people that are, you know, listening to us from, uh, from Poland. I saw that the other day. Um, I don't, you know, there's that big announcement that, um, uh, um, the Mercedes Benz organization is opening up a Vans plant, um, to, uh, to build the next generation van actually in, um, uh, right outside of right outside of Poland. So you got these careers coming um same thing if you're in um you know any other country in the world um you have these type of careers in your in, in your country that you can definitely be part of you can push for this stuff if anything you can you know if you're able to get an educational grant to come to the US and actually learn at one of these 25 participating organizations you know and take that information back you know and help train the next generation of machinists um and manufacturing personnel in your home country or contribute to the manufacturing in the you know US by you know working with one of these the 25 particip- participating participating comp- um uh, universities or technical colleges once we get that full list we'll publish that full list on the um, on the blog um And then we'll make sure that everybody's aware of that. We have the entire thing videotaped, the entire announcement. um, And then uh, we'll kind of go through and, you know, break that down a little bit, you know, to kind of do an analysis video um, on the entire announcement. And then, um, you know, we'll go ahead and post that on the uh, Vulcan Art Technology Solutions YouTube page. But we want to make sure everybody understands that just because this is, you know, here in the United States, that does not mean it can't be destroyed elsewhere.
1: Like I said, with SME, I think it's more about, you know, we have a pipeline that we're not accessing. And so yeah. I, I don't have, like I said, I, I, I don't see we're um, not limiting anybody, but I think generally what SME is talking about, if we're just talking about SME, mm-hmm. you know, like we're not trying to, uh, at the moment, it's, it's talking about what SME is doing in the States. And at the mm-hmm. moment, SME at the moment is trying to concentrate on, the pipeline we have. It's, it's not a North America thing. It's more of a, hey, we have students. We need mm-hmm. to concentrate on those students. I don't even think it's a border thing. I just nope. think they're, they're trying to concentrate on students. Yeah. Uh, so I think, like, the real big uh, message that Smith is saying is that we want to invest in the uh, educational system we have here. Uh, and it doesn't, like you said, it, it, I'm, I'm sure... That the same uh, concept can apply to another country doing the same thing in their areas because this is this is a global thing far as a shortage of uh, individuals that's going in a, into the manufacturing environment. Correct. Uh, so I I would just like to add that, like I said, for me, you know, it's, I, I think it's really just uh, dedicated to you know trying to emphasize you know uh, educating people in our educational systems that hey, there are other, there are options out there that can make you uh, really successful as far as taking care of yourself or family, if that's what you indeed have at the time. Uh, and and um, I, I think the big takeaway for me is, 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 it's more about how do we get, how do we get kids interested in um, going into manufacturing you know some some people say you know we can use military personnel that's that's great too but for me i would like to do the same thing we used to do with vocational systems that we got rid of those vocational systems gave people the skills that were hey if i'm not going to go to a uh, higher learning institution i can at least go to a place that's non-credited and get the skills I need to actually go into the field and earn money instantly. You know, say HVAC, or say, hey, I wanted to be a plumber, or say, hey, I wanted, you know, to go into, you know, uh, welding. Where now, it's the same concept. We're just saying, hey, there are options to be in a welder. There's options yeah. to be in HVAC, and there's nothing wrong with those. We, those are, you know, really needed carpenters. We need those. We need that yeah. trade. We need that take that. Uh, those guys to uh, bring that technology. That technology experts expertise to the market. But we also need people that can do, you know, things like CAM and CAD. We need people that can do things like um, they can do additive and subtractive manufacturing, mm-hmm. in particular CNC. Uh, you know, processes, uh, maybe even get kids interested in doing laser processes, mm-hmm. you know, maybe we can get kids into, you know, the virtual environment or augmentation yep, simulation. Yeah. Kind of like you know, so, uh, augmentated ma- manufacturing <clears throat> where we're in a virtual environment and hey, say maybe I do not have the resources to have a physical, uh, person somewhere, but I can use some augmentation uh um technology to at least give somewhere else someone else back home or someone else at a you know at a a company or even if it's uh say it's virtual in a virtual environment or say it's remote that person can catch, actually get a grasp of what you're seeing mm-hmm. so i think the big thing is to take just to get back to me I, I think, think. With SME, I think the big thing that I, I took from that is that we're really making a big push to invest in the future of uh, our education systems to introduce some of these technologies. That's mm-hmm. really the big thing. Uh, and that's really what I took from SME. Yeah. And I don't, I don't think we ever went away from the technical
0: college um, you know, or the vocational well, the um, vocational
1: in high school is hard that, 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 that Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. But I don't
0: think we got away from pushing it. I think we said, okay, if you want to go to weld school, let's go to weld school. You know, um, Or if you want to go to automotive, you go to UTI or MMA or one of those guys. Well, here,
1: here's the problem Wait, with that. The, the, here's, here's, here's the problem. I just want, want to reiterate. Here's the problem with that. When I was in high school, I went to a vocational school. I learned right. rap I had the opportunity to learn automotive. Yeah. Free. You do not get that from these other universities. What happened to people that do not have the resources to do that? That that's that's the issue with getting rid of vocational yeah. systems in a in a in an educational system that's a public system. That that's really the the, the the problem. But I think the thing is is we we pushed
0: it, you know, we pushed the higher education side of the house a little bit little bit more um, at one point because the problem is is we listened to industry and industry
1: wasn't correct. And, um, and, and that's incorrect too. And you I'm, know, I'm telling you, like, but hold on, the, the hold 80% on that the eighty percent that the people that went that went to four year colleges is totally different from vocational. They right. got rid of vocational because they said that they couldn't afford the cost. Vocational was always separate from people that went to higher level education. Yeah, and it had nothing to do with industry. It had to do with the schools couldn't afford to do it. Yeah, we had it in Florida all the time. Yeah. We still do auto auto
0: yeah. shop and all their stuff. But
1: the thing yeah. is,
0: is you know, we pushed, we, we followed industry a lot. When industry said, well, you have to have a bachelor's, bachelor's degree to do anything, you know, that was wrong. You know, we should, that should never have been followed. It should have been, okay, let me invest more in my community college and the technical trade to, you know, push this a little bit more. Um, so we followed what industry was doing. Industry said, we need this, and everybody listened. Um, the thing is, is the same people who, are pushing that also push the fact that they wanted to do yearly, um, uh, tuition hikes, but you know, no one's betting an eye on that one, you know, and this is coming from somebody who's going through a doctoral program, you know, that, that bit, the, that, that, you know, went through the Marine Corps, learned a trade in the Marine Corps doing Intel and then worked my way through what I'm doing now. But you know, the thing is, it's here and over there. Um, it's the fact that, you know, they're pushing this, we're trying to go back to the technical college, you know, mentality of, you know, learn now, earn now, um, you know, but also make it fun, you know, make it, make it, make it worth your while. Um, you know, we, we don't need, we need people, we need people who are, who are passionate and that's what that's going to breed. It's going to breed the passion again because right now I could tell you, we don't have the passionate people on in the, in the workforce anymore. They're gone. Um, and if they are the passionate people, you know, they're, they're like Ed, they're about, you know, two years away from retirement. Um, he says that and chuckles pretty much at the same time over there. Um, so, you know, we kind of get to the fun part about, you know, what we do these hot washes is we kind of look at some of the places we were, the kind of, some of the people we talked to and kind of, you know, we kind of throw it, you know, and in, 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 in a, in a kind of a question question type of mentality. Okay. And if you could pick one company or one in you know, kind of type of operation or something that we saw today that was not hardware specific. Um,
1: what would it be? I mean, for me, it would have to be starting with Solid Cam back to Phillips. Mm-hmm. And the reason I say back to Phillips, <coughs> excuse me, uh, Phillips. Um, um, if it, it it is hardware, but it's a bunch of software in the background. Mm-hmm. And the reason I'm saying that about uh, Phil, Philips did some collaboration with Solid Cam, yep. and uh, they helped Solid Cam do some things. Uh, I think it was Greenfield, Greenwise, Green Greenwise. I'm sorry, Greenwise uh, also did some collaboration. So we had three groups that worked right. together. But the cool thing about Philips, you know, and I. Uh, Maybe this will blow your mind. Maybe it won't. But Philips has a hybrid (laughs) uh, additive manufacturing process. They are doing additive manufacturing and subtractive manufacturing together. Now, I I don't know how many of you guys are familiar with when we say additive, they're using... A process where they're building up material, and we say it's attractive, they're using a process where they're taking away material. Um, I, I thought that was for me the collaboration between those three groups was uh, pretty pretty encouraging that we have companies that have different areas of technique of technology uh, focus working together so for me. It was, it was Philips. It, it had to be Philips. Working with, excuse me, and also they work with Haas mm-hmm. equipment. I'd probably
0: say for mine, would be probably Solid Cam. To be honest with you. Um, they're, they're like, the, probably when it comes down to the, 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 the biggest bang for the proverbial buck as far as software goes. It non, you know, it, it, you know, not a non-process software, I could say, it is it is Solid Cam because there's not very many things out there that where you run a CAM software that removes the heat from a piece of material. You know, you you can spin these these end mills and you know cut into aluminum and stuff like that and stainless steel, and they're not hot. They're cold. They're cold to the touch. You can grab on it with your hands. You're not gonna burn yourself like you would in regular CNC manufacturing. And it takes all the heat and throws it as the the, the offcuts, the chunks. You know, it, it, it's waste it is now the the it's you know a outbound heat sink. You know, regenerative heat sink. If you guys want to say. You know, I think that for them was the biggest bang for the buck. Um, now, what do you think about say hardware vendor, who was that hardware vendor that kind of gave you the the, the the warm and fuzzy?
1: Well, it's, it's, it, it would have to be solid cam because actually it's the construction of the, the end tool that they're using. Mm-hmm. By having the end tool constructed in such a way, the geometry of the end tool allows the material to be dispersed away from the part. Yeah. So actually yeah there's some software involved, but really if you look at solid cam, Yes, the, the package that they had to do the things in the software in the background, but the way that that technology is working for me from a hardware perspective, you were able to engineer an end mill mm-hmm. that took 80% of the heat and was able to disperse it as chips or swarf. Mm-hmm. 10% only went into the tube and the other 10% went into the material. That... That's a physical design that's it's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy that you were able to, which had to be software. Mm-hmm. You had to have software to engineer that, that technology. So Pareto works. Yeah. And this is a perfect example. So for me, like I said, I, I, the, biggest impr- the biggest thing that impressed me today was Solid Cam Interjustice. He mm-hmm. said, hey, go take a look at Phillips. Yep, we took a look at Philips and uh, Greenwise. Greenwise, and it was like, "Wow, that's cool!" Like Greenwise is doing some really unique. They're, they're things. using ceramics right. to cut titanium, and, and like I said, Nick Nick is correct about the software aspect of it. That is true, but if you think about the engineering that went into to be able to make an end mill mm-hmm. that's able to disperse the uh, the chips, the swarf, whatever you want to use for that but basically the waste is dispersed away from the part at the same time it's extracting 80% of the heat the yeah. other 10% is in the in the tool and the, the other 10% is in the material so what that means is, is you extend the life of the tool yeah which means that you can actually mm-hmm. mill more material yeah. so yeah I, I, t- to me i i think those were the biggest uh things i say that impressed me i would say an honorary you know real close second was capture 3d from a software aspect yeah i think software they, they definitely have it yeah At ease of use
0: i think to them is is it mind you we're gonna have a lot of these guys on the podcast with us and we'll be able to ask a lot of questions of these guys um they're very knowledgeable i'm telling you one thing it's great when we meet companies that you nerd out with and they they're not afraid to you know go straight you know you know nerd style here, yep. and because they're laughing joking around talking about their equipment because they get excited about it. Yep. And the thing is, when you get companies that are so excited about their equipment, we get excited about it. We start talking, giggling like a bunch of schoolgirls. Um, that's what happened with camp You know, they turned us on to their head manufacturer, which is, is well, off the stuff from Haas, um, Capture three D. We bumped into. Uh, we actually talked to them one time at Rapid. But we had a, a good opportunity to really talk to Alberto, the regional sales manager, for Capture 3D, which I didn't know Capture 3D was part of Zeiss. So, um, you know, that's kind of a new invention. But I'd say for me, when I'm talking about, like, hardware, you know, kind of some fun hardware stuff, that's where I'm going, Philips. I'm going to go towards the hybrid system with uh, Philips, um, with where we are doing Metal AM, added manufacturing on a Haas CNC machine and then utilizing um, subtractive manufacturing in the Haas end mill setup to remove the material that is not needed. Now you don't have to worry about, you know, thermocycling or or any of that. It's not needed. Um, Kind of a little small little thing on on Philips also is they were able to use... One thing I thought was pretty cool is they were able to use a cobot to unload and reload a, um, uh, one of the, the Haas CNC machines.
1: And I thought that was pretty cool. Um, that they were able to figure that part out work with that. Which is becoming standard. Like that's yeah. cobots have been, I would say over the last five years, this is a standard process for uh, machine tending. Uh, I mean, like, uh, it's, it only makes sense to do that, uh, In my opinion. I mean, if if we're just talking straight hardware, it has to be flow for me. Mm -hmm. If we're talking hardware, don't worry about the software, we're talking about the water jet application. That's probably, to me, the most impressive hardware application that I've I've seen. The other things, like I said, even for for me, you know, like, you know, everybody has their flavor of what they like, Mm -hmm. but for me, like I said, even Phillips, that is a hybrid. So it's software and it's hardware. Yeah. Uh, even if you look at Solid Cam, it's hardware and it's software. Flow is hardware.
0: I was gonna ask. I, I was gonna ask this question because it's always fun when Ed learns something new. His eyes light up. Um. He can't. He, you know. It becomes like Santa. The twinkle in the eye kind of kicks in. What fun? What What did you? What, what What's one new thing that you came away with with a new kind of? Um. Uh. You know, um, I guess you'd say, like, him love child.
1: Well, it's, it was a few things. So, I would have to say with Flow, it was pretty interesting. Yeah. The way that they explained how they handled um, the depth of material mm-hmm. they, could, they could handle. Two feet. You know, well, or <laughs> as high as you could raise. <laughs> right. You know, as high as I could go in Z. <laughs> I Your was like may have really? problems. But about <laughs> two Two foot, I'm like, wow, are you crazy? Yeah. Yes. And then, the, then the other thing is, you know, the sheer uh, power that <laughs> they were able to use with with water. You know, mm-hmm. they they had some aggregate. You know, they could use garnet. You yeah. know, uh, on some applications, some applications don't have it. Uh, but basically, it's so powerful that if you concentrate at one spot, it could actually rupture the Tank that the water resides in. Oh. It's crazy. Mach-free. You know, and what was he talking about? One gallon of water per hour? Yeah. And the aggregate started like about a pound an hour. Wow.
0: Yeah. At Mach-free. The, the, you know, you're, 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 and me, I really didn't know too much about water jets until. Walking over to the flow booth. Me today.
1: I think we both learned something today. <laughs> you know, I was
0: I I watched them on, on YouTube. I yeah. watched them online. Oh, that's cool. I'll never get around to playing with one. Then you go over to you know these shows like ooh, not gonna play with one. Yep. You know. Yeah. Um. And you're talking to Mach three. Mach three out of an Orphis the side, What was it? Point like point two micron or something I don't like believe that. Believe so. You know, it, it, it's 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 absolutely insane. You know, you're only losing very, very little material when this is blasting through. But the thing is there's no heat transfer. Yep. It's a you cool
1: process. A cold process. Cold process.
0: And the thing is they said, yeah, yeah when you when they run yeah. it through titanium, so you can cut titanium by butter. Yep. You know, with this stuff. It sparks because yep. of the garnet yep. in it. But there's
1: no heat. And also, he did say that <laughs> Another interesting it's thing about it was... five-axis. It was what the hell? a five-axis. <laughs> yes. That was, the other, that was the other pretty interesting thing. That's a five-axis machine. Yeah. You know, so like... Was it 50... Was it 50 degrees? hmm I think it was 50 degrees they could do cuts. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, no, I think we're mixing it up with the laser. What was it? I forgot what it was. But It was, it was 45. It, it, was, it was so much that it could do on oh, its axes, but... Uh, you know, but also the accuracy of the leveling. Oh yeah. It was 2,000. Yeah, 2,000. It's what Front they, to back, probably what they like leveled thou- the machine. And I think it had a, about a, what, a three ton beam? Yeah. That was attached to Like 3,000 pounds, yeah.
0: Around. And the thing is, if you think about it. 3,
1: pounds, yeah, 3,000 pounds, I'm sorry, 3,000 pounds.
0: You're, you're talking,
1: you know, um, two mil. You can't see that with a naked eye yeah. that you're off like that. And they had a level that was accurate to 2,000. Right. Leveling these machines. Yeah,
0: that's insane. They, these guys, man, they put a lot of time and effort behind that stuff. And, you know, um, maybe eventually we, we might be able to get a hold of flow get flow on the podcast with. We love it. Um, because they do some crazy things. If you knew if you watch um uh some of the YouTube guys, they're Water, running jet. water Uh Water uh Water Jet TV, yeah. um uh, build shit uh build stuff here. Um Yeah, yes. Sir. He runs a, a flow machine um, those guys are, are, are pretty good. Um, you know, go look them up and you know talk to those guys. Cause those are some of the guys that'll blow your ever, your ever living mind. Mm-hmm. And they're pretty good about their service too, to what, to what we found out. And it's we, we we looked at the the pumps. Yeah. You know that they, that they had the pump cool to the touch. It's pump it's pumping it, while it's running.
1: Yeah, and it was uh, I think it was uh, uh water over
0: hydraulics. Yeah, and they're using the hydraulic. They generate the the Mach 3 pressure that that water has to come out of the that end mill for at that speed. It's absolutely
1: nuts. And they, I forgot, what did they say? The longest machine they had was about, maybe roughly 50 feet? Yeah, 50 feet. Or somewhere around there? Yeah.
0: And this, it's like 50 by 50. It's a 50 foot wide by 50 foot, by 50 foot long. Yeah.
1: You know, it, Jesus. It, it, and you they know. even cut glass. Yeah, they, they cut do... the Gorilla
0: glass for your, for your, for your Samsung phones. Yeah.
1: There's an application for that. Yes,
0: yeah. they were telling us about... Um,
1: tempered glass was probably the only thing that they They can't add. do. Well, they can't do is difficult to do because it mm-hmm. can shatter if you don't yeah. compensate for how you deal with it. But tempered glass is probably the only limitation to the system. Yeah, right.
0: And the thing is, if you think about it, you know, he was telling me about this, it's a four foot by four foot cube, two foot cube. Of titanium, that one of their Dry. customers is is, is milling really? or water jetting for a bearing bearings, of, yeah, out of you know, but it's two feet thick of titanium, yeah, you know, I, I, okay, maybe you know Mach three really is you know not that bad. Mm-hmm. We watch people on YouTube carving pumpkins with a water jet, yeah, you know, and build build stuff here that he, he he's sharpening pencils, yeah, you know, out of all things, um. You know, I, I, there's definitely some honorable mentions. Um, the thing is, is, I'll tell you this. Um, some of the quality guys that were there today, you know, at least that we got to talk to this time mm. around. You know, Capture 3D is one of them. Uh, Cross yep. was another one that we had an opportunity to talk to. And I think he'll be on the on the podcast with us too, mm. um, eventually. You know, he's in our hometown area. We can talk to him. Um, and they do
1: the, the quality. Uh, Good. We also talk to Taikma, Electrox, yep. Electrocs, Electrocs. Mm-hmm. and they do like lasers. Some of it is uh, they do uh, some uh, customization to materials. You know, uh, they also are able to do um, some etching, yeah. some laser etching for uh, different types of material. Um, they even, I think they even do some application when they do printing, like uh, doing some some special things to golf balls and. uh some other spherical things so that that was pretty interesting to talk to those guys and how their laser process work and Mm -hmm. um you know they basically have uh it's a fiber laser so that was pretty interesting to learn some things about fiber lasers you Mm -hmm. know I've, i've been exposed to a little bit of fiber lasers um in the past but uh it was interesting to see where it's evolved to far as how you can use it in, uh, different, uh, in other applications. So that, that was pretty cool. And you know,
0: there was a couple, um, you know, I guess you could say support functions, um, there that we talked to today, we'll probably talk to more tomorrow. Um, but the thing is like, we talked to the guys from EAC mm-hmm. today. Um, they are some of the guys that you hear about doing the, um, cam software that's cloud-based that you can share between teams. Um, and we'll have them on the, the podcast as well to talk about you know kind of uh, the I think it's OwnCAD now or something like that. Mm-hmm. It's one of the on no on shape mm-hmm. is, is the name of their product that they that they handle, um, and that's that one of the, one of their bread and butters is they deal with um, uh, cloud based manufacturing solutions uh, like that. And the other one was ECI. Um, I think ECI. What do you think
1: about ECI? I thought it was pretty pretty nifty some of the things that they were trying to do. Yeah, and and they they were, and I think they were targeting a, a certain uh, area of manufacturing. So that was, that was pretty neat to see that uh, they had some uh, that they carried. tools and systems in place. So I, I think that's pretty cool.
0: I you know for me you know I, I kind of walked by and I saw it and I realized okay cool they're doing um, you know some basic like SAP work. Mm-hmm. And then we really talk to them. And it's like, okay, cool. You're printing job orders, barcodes, job completion documentation, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And they start realizing that you're rolling not just your SCADA into the system, but you're also running, rolling your ERP system into the system. You have everything at your fingertips. And they care about the you know the guys who are um, uh, mm-hmm. small and medium sized companies. Right. They can't afford SAP.
1: Well, that's actually the
0: area they're targeting. And, and, you know, so I, I think that's pretty cool. Um, our goal is to, you know, have them on the podcast as well mm-hmm. um, and get those guys, you know, talking to us and explain to you a bit, a little bit more about their product and and stuff like that. And hopefully if you have an, you know, an organization that needs some of that software, you know, who to reach out to. And the last one was, um, last support function that we talked to was Gorilla Mill. Mm-hmm. Um, Gorilla Mill, they they actually make the end mill for, you know, they're, 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 they're machine agnostic. Mm-hmm. So they make the hardened end mills for some of these companies. And they're based out of Milwaukee. They're right out of Milwaukee. Yeah. And, you know, I know tomorrow may be a little bit, kind of, not as much running around. We don't have to go to the media advisory or anything like that tomorrow. It's kind of just, you know, our own pace tomorrow. I know we do have a, we do, we're going to try to meet up with the guys from Greenville. Uh, technical College and uh, have a conversation with those guys, you know, it's going to be a lot of getting involved with a, like the I think what we're trying to do robots tomorrow a little bit and um, like support cutting functions maybe, mm-hmm. um, like some of the band saws, maybe ADM, ADM yeah. uh, those guys, and who knows, we may get into uh, like fixtures, maybe mm-hmm. we might go talk to fixture guys. Cause I don't think mm-hmm. they get enough love. Yeah. You know, I you know you're making weld tables, you're making you know lockup tables. Mm-hmm. You may not get as much love as the other guy does.
1: Well, one other thing I would like to say, just to uh, say uh, closing. You know, basically, we did talk to Fanuc, and Fanuc does have some solution with cobots from their actual mm-hmm. line of robots. I think they're CR and CRX yep. uh, platform robots, but they're using with legacy systems, so vertical mills and things like that. So it's uh some things that I, I'm really excited to see from Fnic Forest from a collaborative uh manufacturing uh, aspect uh for a small to uh I would say medium sized corporation mm-hmm. that's uh maybe doing some parts uh you know say piecemeal parts for somebody or maybe they're doing some uh support work for our uh, military. So that's pretty interesting to yeah. see some of
0: that stuff. It, it, the best part is that with that is the reuse function. And that's that we that we kind of hit on today is FANIC, you know, they came up with the ability to reuse some of their older end mills and stuff like that they can play with. Um, and the same thing with Phillips. Phillips, you may think that, oh, oh crud, they went to a, the hybrid system or they, they're going to, or they have a hybrid system. I can't get that. If you have a older Haas CNC machine, have no fear they can retrofit it. You know, run these things. So. Actually
1: he said if you have it doesn't have to exactly be Haas, yeah. although Haas is what is they want to generate. But they can also actually integrate that with other systems. Okay. It depends on um, <clears throat> what capabilities that system has. Right. It depends on how far its legacy as opposed to right. say two to four years, you know, that it was released. Mm-hmm. Because you can uh, get the unit that comes with it because the unit does all the additive, right? And you still will basically just do your subtractive manufacturing process, right?
0: And you know the thing is is that's that's something to save you money if you have a, if you have you know an order You know, we'll say Haas just to be you know kind of you know with those guys Then you can easily go to uh, Phillips and Haas and talk to them about the hybrid system um, and have and see if it can be retrofitted right. Um, now if you have a, you know, an end mill, um, you know, old rotary end mill, you know, sitting at the, sitting in the office that you don't want to get rid of, but, and, but you know, you don't have the money to replace it is, you know, talk to FANUC, you know, mm-hmm. FANUC's got their, their collaborator, the collaborative system, but I think it replaced four parts. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was it. And then mm-hmm. we get up and running. Um, and it is r- hundred uh, percent controlled mm-hmm. with, like you said, the cobot attached to it you know, guys, you have companies out there who are trying to make this dummy proof, you know, and make this really simple and make it actually more approachable. Because that's the one thing I think we've all had problems with over the years is um, subtractive, you know, uh, manufacturing wasn't as approachable as like additive manufacturing was for a while. You know, your desktop 3D printers and stuff like that, and it's not as, I guess you can say as you know, kind of approachable as like welding and stuff like that, where you, you, know, you got, you know, mat, you know, TIG and all the other stuff. But now you have companies out there who are like, Hey, we have the, you, if you have, you know, your old grandfather's hand crank mill, well you can use it. Or if you bought a, if you have a, if you're, if you're a startup company and you bought a $30,000 cost machine, you know, on eBay and you had it installed, we can retrofit it to a better system to give you more functionality and more ability to do this.
1: Right. And, and uh, one thing I would like to add with the uh, setup that they had with Phillips uh, in particular, you can either use a spool or you use a drum. So I think the spool is about 40 hours, but I think the drum was a lot longer than yeah, that. It's like 50 It's like, like a couple hundred hours on. Yeah. Uh, and then like, like I said, <coughs> uh, the, the, the thing with uh, CNC, as opposed to, like a vertical mill is still a manual process. Even if you add uh, servos and stuff, it's mm-hmm. still manual in nature uh, because someone still has to do setup. So it's still up. Yeah. Uh, when you go on a CNC machine, once you set up profiles, you can use those profiles, and it's basically a push of a button. Yeah. So to be able to take, you know, say, um, with with COVID, we had a we had a uh, issue with uh, stress on the labor mm-hmm. the labor market. So a cobot is something that can alleviate the things with the problems with labor markets, especially with somebody that's established and they can't get uh, people to attend the machine. Right. So a cobot can be a uh, pick and place, but it can also be a tending, a machine tending uh, application also. So that's one thing to keep in mind when you start thinking about a cobot or a collaborative uh, environment. And then the other thing, like I said, if you uh, already have, some type of cnc equipment you can purchase these uh heads that are additive Mm -hmm. and uh that can maybe save you some money you know far as uh you don't have to spend as much on material or wait to get material in because you can actually build up those things and then machine those parts so that's that's something to consider
0: yeah and you know i think that also if you get a chance to make it to the show when you're you know do it um and we'll definitely do a kind of a full wrap up, you know, when we see champion next week. Um, so but the one thing I want to do is we can go ahead and I want to say thank you, you know, to everybody who's listening. You know, y'all are making this worth it. You know, we're having fun, we're out here talking to people, we're out here learning. And, you know, we take one step at a time, one day at a time, to see where we're going. Um, and, you know, checking the stats today, I've kind of checked it a few times because some people have been asking. So we are at, it looks like, because we had two more, to uh, sorry, that was yesterday. We haven't hit today's yet. So uh, 1980, we're at 1,980 all-time downloads. You know, everybody asks me, how many people do we have subscribed? I said, I don't know, don't care. You know, I, I care about the fact that, you know, we're reaching in people. They want to download it. They want to listen. They want to talk to it. They want they want to hear what we're talking about. Um, So you know, I want to let you know that there is some bigger things coming down the pipe. Um, A lot of conversation with other companies. You know, getting these guys involved. You're going to hear from from the engineers who help build this stuff. Um, And you'll be able to get those questions. You know, we'll probably publish uh, this. We'll probably let you know in the probably the 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 podcast before we do the interview if you have any questions, send us the questions. We'll be able to get that answered for you. You know, if you're on the fence about if you're gonna buy a piece of equipment or something like that, you know, let us know. And we'll be able to get that to the, um, to the actual correct representative that has to go to. Um, So, but I want to say thank you. If it wasn't for y'all, we wouldn't be doing this. Uh, Go take a look at Printed Heritage. Go take a look at the blog. We're gonna be adding more and more stuff there. Um, You know, we want y'all to, um, you know, enjoy it be part of this movement, be part of the partnerships and stuff that you see out there. Um, go out there, learn something, have a little bit of fun with it, and uh, you know, I'll turn it over to Ed.
1: So, I would like to say this is, it's, sometimes it's not the volume of the voice, because if you amplify the voice, the voice reaches a lot further. So for me, if it's you know 20 from 2000, or if it's 20 from 20,000 to me, that, that's that's not the motivation for myself. The motivation when we started is when me and Nick sat down, you know, we, we always challenge each other. That's That's why we're best friends because we're able to sit down and challenge each other and it makes us both better, you know. Uh, but for me, the biggest thing is, is to be able to talk about technology and then share mm-hmm. some of the experiences that we have with our audience. Definitely. And uh, so we would like to say we appreciate all of the support. Um, I would I would uh, greatly appreciate if you have any questions, please hit us up on the email. Or if you guys have a think of it's a better way for us to um, communicate, you know, if you like Twitter better. How about we do a poll? What, what? We, maybe we'll try to set up a poll and you guys tell us what yeah. do you like to use? You like to use Twitter? You like to use Facebook? What social media platform are you, uh, you know, what? what's your go-to social media yeah. platform? And maybe we can cater to those things. And, then, and if there are any uh, suppliers or innovators out there that are uh, interested in contacting us and, Sitting down to have a conversation. We can do everything remotely or we can come to you guys, you know. Uh, you know, we're in the, uh, we're on the East Coast, so uh, we're, we're pretty flexible. We're going anywhere on the East Coast and we can make arrangements for going anywhere else. But, uh, like I said, we do appreciate it. And uh, thank you guys for listening. All
0: right, y'all. You know,
1: we appreciate it. You know,
0: and uh, y'all have a good one. You know, keep learning something new. And, uh, you know, teach somebody else something. So, y'all have a good All right. That's all for this episode of Tech at Lunch. Thanks for tuning in and joining us for this tech-filled lunch break. We hope you enjoyed the show. And don't forget to subscribe on all channels. And also, you can find us on YouTube under Vulcanar Technology Solutions. And join us for our next episode, which gets published every Wednesday at 8 a.m. All right, y'all. Have a good one. See you later.